Alright guys, so we're back with our second uh, topic here for the Jubilee Project stuff. And if you didn't catch the first one, I think it's worth listening to. It, uh, Like I said, I think it's surprising how big of a, an effect tribes or good relationships have on your health. And so go back and listen to that if you haven't. But this one I think people are going to already have bought into a little bit and not need much convincing on. And we're going to talk about movement slash exercise. So what you got on that, Morgan? Well, I mean, I obviously think that movement and exercise is pretty important to your life, whether it's daily or frequently every week. Uh, we do own a gym, so we clearly think that that is important and a good option for your life. Um, so yeah, I've, I am completely bought in, obviously. Uh, we We are a gym business owner. I am a physical educator. <laughs> I've been a coach and an athlete and movement has and exercise have been a part of my life since I can remember. So I find it important and I hope everybody else does too. All right. So that's our, that's our, uh, qualifications, I guess, to talk about this, <laughs> but um, I'm just saying like, that's, those are the, the movement and exercise portions of my life. It doesn't, I don't know if that makes me qualified or not, but... No, I just mean like qualified in the fact that we care about it. Oh, okay, okay. Not yeah. that we're smart. Yeah. We might not be smart. Oh, please. Um, so my goal was to talk about this because I think people are going to expect us to jump to talking about exercise and lifting weights and CrossFit. And that's not really what this category is about. It is, let's say like that's the cherry on top. Like that's the last like maybe 20 or 30% of what this is about, but it's not the main part. So... When we are talking about movement or moving or whatever, we literally just mean not sitting, like moving, moving around. Um, uh, I, I, there's a thing I pulled up on the all the stuff today you can find on the Mayo Clinic website or the CDC website. So, or I think one of these is actually from Harvard. So, these are pretty smart folks. So you can trust. And I'm just, these are quotes. I'm not even you're gonna try to paraphrase this stuff, but. Um, there's a doctor at the Mayo Clinic that says uh, it's estimated, this is a quote, it's estimated that the current generation of children will die earlier than their parents, and that's the first time in human history, or in American history, and it hasn't happened many times in human history. Um, Dr. Levine says that many of these projected deaths could be due to diseases linked to sedentary lifestyles. Physical movement benefits school performance. It can increase the children's grades by 10 to 15%. Uh, excessive sitting is a fairly new problem in human history. 200 years ago, 90% of the world lived in agricultural communities. People sat for three to five hours per day, but to take that was just to like, take breaks from working. Modern Americans sit for 13 to 15 hours a day. Oh, gosh. So this is something that, you know, maybe even our grandparents didn't really have to worry about. Like, you know, we tell people not to sit, and that's just because so much of our life now is built around that. Like in the school system you know most of your day you're you're in a desk um and that starts you know or maybe you're not at a desk in kindergarten but you're sitting oh no you're at a desk okay so there you go it's, so it's sad so you know starting at kindergarten and then you know say you go through obviously high school that's 12 years 13 years of sitting and then maybe go to college you have another four years of sitting at a desk for most of your day and then you know being in a library all that fun stuff and then from there if you go get a job and you're not in a blue collar field 
odds are you're sitting at a desk again. And so you, you know, you might from the age of five spend most of your life, the vast majority of your life sitting at something. And, uh, I think that information from Mayo Clinic shows how bad of an idea that is. And so we want to encourage people just to move around. The first thing there is just literally moving around, uh, like walking. And I know, I know Morgan, y'all had like a walking competition thing at school or like a thing yeah. that y'all checked in on it. And I'll ask and maybe, maybe you'll get this right. Or maybe you'll say the number I expect you to say, but how, how many steps a day should you take? 10,000. All right. So that, that is what we hear. That information uh, was made up by a company who makes uh, a machine that counts your steps. So pedometer. So the one of the first a pedometer Fitbit. companies. Yeah, this yeah. is in the '60s, so it wasn't quite a Fitbit. Right, but, but what a Fitbit does. Yeah. So one of the first, I think maybe the first, but one of the first pedometer companies in the world named their company like 10,000 Steps or something like that, and it just basically counted every day till you got 10,000 steps, and then you one or whatever i don't know there's no research that shows 10,000 steps is an important number to hit what most of the research shows is about 7,500 is where things kind of peak anything past that would be i would say exercise which would be good for you but the major benefits happen at about 7,500 steps which is so the average american takes four to five thousand steps a day so we're still you know we're like maybe 60 percent of the way there 70 percent of the way there so uh 75 100 steps a day has a, uh, I, I, can, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think it's about a 20% decrease in mortality rate. So we're talking about that again. But your, your chances of dying are lower if you take 7,500 steps a day. Um, and a lot of the research I've seen shows if, you're, if, if you have a smartphone, it can track your steps if you don't have a fancy watch or whatever. But, you know, People find a number like 10,000 or even 7,500 that might be a little scary at first when they look at their phone and they see they took 3,500 steps. So I think the general consensus is to add 1,000 or 2,000 steps a day for you know a week or two and then try to ratchet it up from there. And then you'll realize it's not really that difficult if, you, um, you know, if you're intentional about getting up and walking around. So that is a great place to start all this stuff. And literally, it is just walking, like not at a fast pace this is not like exercise i mean we don't mean it like that we mean like actually just walking just around. moving one foot in front of the other yeah like if you live walking distance to a restaurant like instead of driving there just walk to it and that you're probably halfway there at that point already so um yeah so that's that's literally just moving around stuff like i said not even exercise um the uh so this is a quote from the a study that was a, a harvard study 2014 um oh yeah so sorry this is uh this is unrelated but i thought it was a super cool thing for for later on so i'll come back to this at the end i put i put this <laughs> put this in the wrong section so uh physical activity just in general um it has shown to improve brain health so there's some really cool things that happen right away which is why hopefully i think some schools are already starting to realize this but they're starting to put some like exercisey stuff into uh, schools, and maybe this is probably happening in some of the more progressive areas and not everywhere. But if you do some moderate ac physical activity, it tends to Im uh, improve cognition. This has like been documented really well with kids six to thirteen. 
Um, and then with adults, what it tends to do, it does, you know, sharpen your acuity a little bit for an adult, but what it really does is lowers anxiety levels, which if you're an adult, I think you probably deal with anxiety. So this just shows that this thing, uh, just, and this, like I said, this isn't like super fancy lifting heavy weights exercises. This is just like getting your heart rate up, um, situation. So, uh, what would you, what are some benefits just off the top of your head that you would associate with exor exercise and moving around in general? Are you, you're asking yeah. me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, one, I, I, I feel personally that the anxiety one, I think happiness is going to be another one. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of whether you're exercising inside or outside, I feel like sometimes having a task that you have completed or accomplished um it's like you know when you have your to-do list and you mark something off yeah, it right. makes you feel good mm -hmm. um so having having a workout scheduled or planned and and conquering it and tackling it and being able to cross it off your list you feel accomplished that makes you happy um lowers that anxiety i think obviously the physical benefits of i mean like I'm sitting here looking out our window, watching all of these people walking at the park. They're not speed walking. They're not hustling. They're not jogging. They're not doing anything other than walking and they're in the sunshine. And I feel like that, you know, that in itself, vitamin D is good for your body. Mm -hmm. Even people who were doing absolutely nothing, who were sedentary and sitting, this physically could help them uh, lose weight even and, yep. and, and get their bodies in a better physical position, whether it's weight or, uh, losing body fat or, or, you know, whatever, like there are those physical benefits as well. But I think just mentally dealing with anxiety or depression and making you happier, you feeling accomplished are all just, or productive are all just great benefits. I feel like, um, and then the physical ones as well. So, that's perfect the way you have it laid out because that's kind of how I have them written down. So the mental ones you're talking about are almost – they're highly linked to serotonin, which uh, I won't go deep into on this. <laughs> but um, that – people report like a – you get like a high after you work out. You you feel really good about yourself is the way you worded it. And it's, I think it's a combo of you did check something off. Like you, you said, I'm going to do this thing, and then you did it. And so that's a – that's you kind of retelling yourself that I'm the kind of person that does the things I say I'm going to do, which is, is a good, you know, that's good for you as a human, like to, to remind yourself that you're that person. And then you get the serotonin benefits, which is that kind of like uh, runner's high you'll hear people talk about, or like if you, after a hard workout, you know, you'll be, you'll be tired, but you'll feel really, really good. And then that tends to last for most people for a while, like, you know, handful of hours they'll feel really good and that's why there's a big population of people who like to go work out first thing in the morning and then their day just kind of goes right they feel like so serotonin is one of the big ones and then there's another one that is called bdfn which is brain derived neurotropic factor and i'm obviously not gonna spend a lot of time going down this <laughs> this rabbit hole um i once again if these are the things you're interested in i'd love to talk about them but this is it would take forever so <laughs> <laughs> the important thing there is this is a this is a uh, a gene that you kind of like activate or turn on, and it it makes a protein that helps your brain uh, and spinal cord and all that fun stuff kind of grow and fix itself and be more efficient. And so 
this is just a uh, this just shows that no matter how we how humanity got to where we are now, we are built to move around because that is kind of how we learn new things and how we keep everything fresh. So this is stuff like you know moving around is going to make you a better chess player or better CEO or better lawyer because it's allowing your brain um, to uh, be more efficient at what it does. And so even if you are you know not trying to be a professional athlete and you're someone who relies heavily on your brain in life for your living or whatever, you need to be moving around because this is going to help with that. And well, then, and I feel like too, like not only is it going to help you be able to learn more efficiently, you know, it's going to potentially like free up space to learn other things. Like if you go outside and you have all of this stuff on your mind and you allow yourself to kind of like let it all go and like clear your head, yeah, you're going to be able to learn more efficiently, but also like all of those things that were taking up space that didn't need to be taking up sure. that that space it's going to be cleared out and you're going to be ready to refocus and and dial in on new things yeah so that's not try not to get nerdy but like that's an interesting uh comparison so i was talking about if you're looking at this like a computer like literally your hardware gets better like you have better components like it fixes the it makes the things in the actual computer better versions of that and then you're talking about essentially like software like it allows me to delete like you know everyone's got the little garbage can yeah uh, thing on your on your computer like it allows me to drag all this crap i don't need anymore and throw it in the garbage can and it frees up some space so that that i can run faster like my 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 programs run faster <laughs> because there's not a bunch of crap in the way anymore and so those are it's interesting because those are two different things that i are both science you know demonstrated with science that happen and they're not they're related but they're not cause effect like those are different things and so it's really cool that both the hardware and software components of the human get better with exercise um obviously there's a whole bunch of like i think people would imagine uh you know weight loss stuff um that's a big one i think that's what we'll close with because that's kind of where what we do with the gym um body composition stuff is definitely what most people come to us interested in so we'll probably close with that but you know, it helps your heart. I think everyone's heard that before. So it helps lower cardiovascular uh, disease risk, type 2 diabetes. Um, there's a bunch of cancers that are linked to uh, decreasing your risk of getting them if you exercise. The ones they list here on the uh, CDC website, bladder, breast, colon, endometrium, esophagus, kidney, lung, and stomach cancers all have reduced risks of you getting them if you are physically active. Um, then another big one, especially with the aging population and especially with women in the aging population is bones. So your bone mineral density, just let's just call that how, how strong your bone is. It decreases over time. As you'd imagine, you're just putting wear and tear on your body as you age. And so it, they get weaker, get more beat up, um, lifting load bearing exercise, especially, but also some aerobic stuff has shown to help decrease how fast your bone mineral density goes away and load bearing exercise has shown to actually heal and then increase that so let's say you have osteo osteopenia so that's like the step between normal bone mineral density and osteoporosis the people have that will start lifting weights and then their bone mineral density will get back into the normal range and so that's really cool like you can literally keep your skeleton 
the way it's supposed to be by lifting weights um, or being physically active in general. And that doesn't just mean like, hey, I'm 60, I'm in that osteopenia stage, like I need to come in here and snatch these heavy weights and clean and jerk and, you know, deadlift 300 pounds. Like, no, this could literally just be adding a five pound weight in each hand while you go on a walk or adding, you know, your book bag with, or like a a heavy backpack purse or something like Mm -hmm. while you're walking or doing some squats with that. Like I feel like a lot of women who are older and maybe experiencing that bone density um, issue think that, Oh, well lifting weights means, you know, these heavy, you know, very athletic young people things. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely, that's not what it means. I mean, it's, you know, picking up a kettlebell or picking up your grandchildren and, and, and walking with them, you know, whatever. It does not have to be this Olympic sport. It can just be any added load to yep. what you're doing already in your day-to-day life. It can be that simple. Right. And and the cool thing about that is if you're new to lifting weights, the point is like you would just start somewhere and then gradually increase that because that's how your body is going to grow and respond to that. And if lifting five pounds is what you can lift right now, then that's awesome. Like, that's cool. That's five more pounds than you were lifting. And then hopefully in a week or two, that'll be 10 pounds. And then it's 15. You know, that's how this works. You know, no one's saying, hey, I've never lifted weights before. Go try to pick up the heaviest thing you can. That's, yeah. And that's not the point there. Um, or, oh, you have heart disease. Let's get you running marathons. Yeah, so you're like, no. A, no, no, not at all. Um, uh, it helps with arthritis. And then a big one with another aging population thing, I guess arthritis as well, but like hip fractures, falling. So falling is a big issue as you get older because your bone mineral density is lower. If you fall, you're more prone to break something. And then falling at that age, if you break something and you don't have a lot of muscle mass, getting up is an issue. And that's how life alert. Yeah. I mean, that's how people, you know, who are relatively healthy or seemingly relatively healthy they fall down a couple stairs and then people find them four days later dead because they couldn't get up off the floor like they just weren't strong enough to get up off the floor when they couldn't use one of their legs anymore and so we we really are promoting like we want this to be a life long thing for you we want you to be a healthy functional independent living on your own 85 year old and not have to worry about hey if i fall down like i'm not gonna be able to get back up we have people at our gym that are in their 60s, who I have zero doubt could fall down, break their leg, and they have no problem getting back up. Now, I also don't think they'll break their leg because they're in right. a position now yeah, where yeah. that's not the issue. But, you know, like, can can you get up if you fall down? That's a very important thing as you age to, to be concerned with. Um, and then, additionally, if you're exercising, your balance is going to be a little better than someone else. You're less likely to fall. These are all packaged yeah, together. Yeah, and I mean, yes, it's a, it's a package deal for sure. And I feel like... A lot of these things, you're not going to have one without the other. If you're going to be adding load to your daily life, it's going to increase your muscle tone. It's going to con- increase your bone density. It's going to increase your balance and your stamina and your, you know, all of these things. And and so if a situation does occur where you are in a bad spot or you are, you have fallen or, you know, something has happened, whatever it might be, like, because you did X, it improved A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. So. Yeah, this, one of our big. I guess one of my big things is the hu- humans aren't humans are way more complicated and also way more simple than we treat them to be. But you, nothing you do to a person changes just that one thing about the person. Like everything's interrelated. So 
working out, exercising changes a, millions of factors about you. So there, these all have benefits that we'll never even get to because they kind of affect other things that kind of affect other things that, you know, end up changing your life. And I know that we have kind of touched on and we tend to touch on a lot of times like an older population, like improving a lot of things about your health to increase your your quality of life as you get older. Mm -hmm. But like it keeps ringing in my head of these elementary age children who are experiencing a lot of these same things. And it's heartbreaking because it's like your balance, they don't have good balance. And I'm not saying all children, but like I witness with my own two eyes because I'm a PE teacher, kids who don't move and don't exercise and whose parents don't encourage them to just walk or get up their balance is terrible. There are these frail little things like they, they get hurt easily. They, they fall down. Their coordination is not good. And so like these same things that we're talking about that ring true to, you know, 80 somethings, unfortunately now in our society are also ringing true to these young children because they're not being encouraged or it's not being supported uh, for them to do things that children do like get outside and play and ride your bike and and kind of being encouraged to fail so that you improve and get better and get stronger Um, you fall down you get back up kind of thing and I could talk on that this could be an entire podcast by myself I feel like because I feel so strongly about it but it is true that we are seeing this so much more now in our younger children. And it's not just our 80-something-year-old grandparents either. So it's very interesting that our youngest generation and our oldest generation right now, are, when it comes to health and movement and exercise, are experiencing some of the same things. Yeah, that's what, that, what I led with talking about this is the, you know, the kids right now are are the first generation and forever that are projected to not outlive their parents. Um, that's, that's crazy and sad in ways that I don't even want to think about, but, um, it's, we're, it's completely preventable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a choice. Completely preventable. The kids aren't making that choice, but like we are as a society making that choice and that's, it's, yes, it's preventable and fixable and we have all the tools we need to make that happen. So, um, all right, so I guess let's transition. We'll talk about the things we probably want to talk about, which is the way our gym operates and like how we like to do this stuff. Um, and now I'll talk about this thing I started talking about <laughs> earlier. Uh, so there's a study done in 2014, and it was based. Is you don't have to be super familiar with exercise. I think everyone knows what a curl is. It's just taking a dumbbell and like with your arm and pulling it to your shoulder. So they showed a video of someone doing a curl. And then they had people in the room, like separately, these were all separate people, they would tell them to do a curl. And then the people either consciously decided to do the curl at the same time the person on the video was doing it, or they consciously decided to not make theirs match up with the other person. And they filled out a mood report before and after doing this. This was crazy. And the people who synchronized their movement with the person... On the video. On the video. Not a person they've met. Right. It's just a video that's being played. They reported uh, they were connected. They felt connected to that person. Their self-esteem was higher. They felt uh, they had all these. They had uh, essentially their endorphin levels were a lot higher. They reported all of these 
really interesting. Um, they felt they got this high from it. They got all these cool little benefits, and the person, the people who didn't do it, didn't report those. Um, and some of some of them actually reported less. They even were uh, their mood got worse after the workout. <laughs> so it's interesting. So I say that to say I think there's some really cool stuff that happens in the group setting because, uh, like we talked about in the tribes episode, being around people, this. This isn't even really a like-minded person. You don't know this person. There's a video on there. But you feel like, hey, we're in this together kind of thing subconsciously. They're not consciously thinking this. But you, it, it makes you feel better just having those other people that are doing that stuff with you. And it's why we own a group training facility. We do personal training. We do stuff with one-on-one clients. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a great thing for the right person. But overall, we, we have a group training business because we think that's the best way for most people and it's just more fun and people want to be there and studies like this show that even if we don't realize it like we there's something about someone else in the room doing the same thing we are that is a uh, positive influence on us and that's a, I don't know that's a super cool thing yeah I agree 100% and like I'm thinking back to to times in my own personal workouts or whatever like when you hear somebody like groan or moan or you you know like they're they're clearly struggling and and they're feeling the workout or or in a good positive way when somebody like cheers or yells or you know like woo whatever and you're like all right like we're all experiencing the same thing together even Mm -hmm. though we're at maybe you're on round five and i'm on round two or you know maybe you're doing it this way and i'm scaling it this way none of that seems to matter when you like when you hear the people around you going through the same things that you're going through and feeling the same things, even though your workouts might be completely different, like it's, it's just, it's fun and it's encouraging. And I know personally it helps push me and motivate me to keep on going. And those, those things would not be there if I was working out by myself. For sure. And so we'll wrap up with the, the topic that, like I said, we, most of the people come to our gym, you know, we wish people came to our gym because they, you know, hey, like, I would like my self-esteem to be higher. Or, hey, like, I really want to be able to play with my kids on the floor. And not to say we don't get that in the gym, but I don't think it's the primary driver to get people in the gym. They kind of get these cool side benefits because most people go to a gym because they want to look better naked. Like, that's just, it's it. Like, there's no reason to pretend, like, that's why most people don't go to a gym. Or at least that's at least why they start going to a gym. And when we say that, because we say that often, you know, that's in a lot of our stuff. We say, like, come come do this, this, that, and the other so that you can look better naked or whatever. This is not for, like, other people. Like, this is for you to see yourself. I mean, it can yeah, be, obviously. I I mean, but I think yeah. ultimately somebody's goal to look better naked is going to be when they are looking at themselves in the mirror kind of thing. You know, like, the aesthetics that you see and sometimes maybe what you see in the mirror is not changing so much, but the confidence in your mind has changed so much that what you are seeing is going to be different and it's going to portray a more positive light or, you know, whatever. So a right. lot of that can change too. Yeah. Like I said, I I think there's a lot of benefits that happen and those are the, the real benefits that you get from exercising is not the one you came into the gym for. No one really came into the gym for that reason. They just that changed them as a person and that's awesome but they came because they wanted you know to attract people or whatever it was or or look 
good or wear the same size they used to wear in high school, stuff like that. Wear um, two-piece exactly, bikini. And not, not to say that those are bad things. That's perfectly cool. That's a great Shoot, reason yeah. to, to sign up or whatever. But I, that, I think, ends up being the smallest thing you gain from it, even though it is the reason you chose to do it. Absolutely. So, um, so the reason we run – so we own a CrossFit gym, and the reason we do that is because we believe that that is the best methodology – for most people to get as fit as possible in the least amount of time. It's, that's why we do it. It's, it's not because we think something super cool about it or, you know, that they invented some crazy thing and whatever. It's if there was a more efficient way to spend your time to get the results that you could get while doing CrossFit, we would do that. Like if I could do four minutes of crunches without leaving my house and I got all the benefits I got of CrossFit, that's what I would do. Like there's no reason I would go you know, do all this other stuff. So we think CrossFit and the way we train is special because there's aerobic work involved. Um, there's aerobic work in the way that the average person sees it. So like we do run, we row, we bike, but then just the whole way a workout is put together becomes aerobic because you're going to constantly, let's say you never move out of your little eight foot box that you're in, in the gym and you lift some weights and you do some burpees. I promise you the combination of lifting weights and doing burpees is, is going to raise your heart rate. Mm -hmm. It's going to be high and it's going to stay high the whole time that you're, you can keep that pace mm -hmm. going. So you get the aerobic benefits of something like just being a runner. Um, then we lift weights. We lift weights because there's nothing, there's nothing else out there that anyone has ever shown that does the things for you that lifting weights does. Like I said, the bone mineral density goes up. You add lean body mass, which is the goal which is the main goal you should want if you're trying to look better naked because lean body mass is what burns. You get to eat more food and be the same size or start losing weight if you carry more muscle mass. Muscle mass is what, when people talk about people's metabolism, you always say, oh, they have a fast metabolism. Generally, that's a lean person with some muscle mass. And you say, oh, they eat like crap and they look great. Well, it's because they earned all this muscle mass that just needs all that fuel to kind of stay there. So... You want to put some lean mass on. That's a scary thing for a lot of people out there. I understand that. I promise you we're not talking about 40 pounds of lean mass <laughs> on a 60-year-old woman. It might be 5 pounds, but it's one you're going to get smaller by doing it because you're probably going to lose a lot of fat while you put this lean mass on. So you'll be in a smaller size clothes and look better by putting on lean mass. And that happens with lifting weights. It's very difficult to accomplish that other ways. I'm not going to say it's not possible, but lifting weights. Is yeah. I mean, I would say like, just side note there for me personally, I'm not the best eater, like, like eating the most healthy things. So I try, but I would really go hard with lifting weights and mm -hmm. doing stuff in the gym. And when I was at my strongest, I was probably the leanest I had also been yeah. and eating the most I had probably been eating. And so like, it was crazy. Like the combination in your head just doesn't quite make sense. Like I'm lifting all this weight. I'm eating a lot of this food to fuel my body. And then I'm also like fitting into my clothes better and I'm looking better and I'm leaner than I've ever been. And you're like, to somebody on the outside, they would see all of those different pieces and not think that all of that to, was the equation that equaled, you know, what I was looking like. So right. it's definitely interesting for sure. Um, and it's not what you think, but 
the lifting weights was the huge reason for that. Yeah, for sure. And then there's the last part about it. So your, your heart rate gets elevated. You need that to be healthier. You lift weights to get stronger bones, more muscle mass, because you need that to, to live a long, productive life. And then there's a third part about what we do, and you're just doing something hard. You're choosing to go do something that is hard, and that makes you a better human being. Like you learn to deal with adversity. You learn that you are capable of things you did not think you were capable of. You look at yourself in the mirror, and you see the person who can do all these things instead of the person who wears a size 12 when they want to wear a size 8. And it's, it's I promise, I mean, it's just life-changing, the, the mental switch that happens when you say, like I said, everyone comes in the gym, they say, I want to lose 20 pounds, and that's doable, and you know people do that, but that is not what they're talking about six months later. It's just not. It almost never is the same thing if you talk to these people who've been doing it for a while. That was the goal, and then it's like that goal kind of gets forgotten when they start discovering there's all these other cool things out there that they care way more about than and they how care many about things on the scale. they realize that they're capable of doing. Right. It like the, the floodgates just open, and they're like, "Oh, I never would have thought that I'd been able to do this." Like, it's okay that I'm not at my goal weight that I said I was at, but I was able to hike a mountain, or I was able to ruck, or I was able to carry my kid in a backpack for an entire hike on a trail, you know, like it's, it gets so exciting and it just really does open your eyes to, to lots of, lots of things. For sure. Well, that's a good spot to, to wrap this thing up. We, you know, I, I didn't think people were going to need a whole lot of convincing. I think people have heard their whole life, you know, exercise and moving around is good for you. And basically our point here is just start by moving around. If you're not doing that, move around, set a, set a step goal, do 2000 more steps a day than you're doing that's going to put you moving the right way and you're going to get a ton of benefit from that. Once you have that dialed in, that's a time to look into exercise, like finding something intentional other than just moving around because of the cool things you get from exercise. And then, like I said, we would always recommend that exercise have some kind of cardiovascular element into it and a weight bearing component as well. I think the combination of those things with other things too, like flexibility, mobility, you know, there's other components as well, but if you're hitting those two things, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck, and then you're probably getting a lot of that other stuff sprinkled in anyways, because, you know, whoever's doing it is helping you with that kind of stuff. Um, and that we just think that that's, that's just part of something you need in your life if you want to live the best possible life you can, you know, and that's, that's up to everybody, like what they want to do with that information. But um, yeah, figured this is an easy one. People will understand that this is, probably something they should do and maybe this will give you a reason now to give it a shot absolutely get out there and move all right we'll catch you guys on the third one coming up hopefully tomorrow see ya